Hey, I am excited to jump into a new series that we're calling Ahead. Like we want to go ahead. We're about to go ahead as a church. We're moving forward. And in this series, we want to help you prepare for what lies ahead. Life can give us rapids and we could get smacked in the face with uh, our paddle, with the water, with all these things coming at us right now. We can be concerned whether the boat we're in is going to sink or make it. Man, we're going to draw some great parallels in between whitewater rafting and the scripture and what it takes to encourage our faith and encourage our life. And as a church, how are we going to come together and face the life that's at us and come out on the other side invigorated and appreciative of how we've strengthened our lives through the journey? Uh, there's a lot ahead of us and we can't wait. We don't want you to miss a week because we think this is gonna be a valuable series and encourage us to go all in together ahead. Um, I can remember clearly the first time I ever went truly whitewater rafting. Like I went down rivers in tubes, but whitewater, I would die if I didn't know what I was doing rafting. I was a youth pastor and I took a group of students on a senior trip and this was the peak of our adventure during the senior trip. So this is what all of us were looking for going down some of the roughest parts of Clackamas River in Oregon. And uh, uh, it was a bit scary, you know, in my mind. I When I first do something, I'm nervous and I've done some crazy things. And uh, it doesn't make it better that on the drive up the mountain, you know, you've got the river next to you and you're kind of looking at some intimidating boulders and some huge white waters and you're thinking, I'm going to get in a, in a little inflatable thing with a bunch of people who've never done this as well. And somehow we're going to live to get through this. I've also seen one or two movies where everybody dies. You know, so you're like, these fears are so stinking real. Uh, and the excitement and adventure, by the time we got out of the car and I got my feet wet, I, my excitement and anticipation and spirit of adventure turned to full-on anxiety, nerves, and fear. Have you ever been in that space of life? Well, it didn't help when I put the life jacket on and a helmet. Like, why do I need a helmet? Discovered later why you, you hit your heads together. But, you know, uh, and you're holding on to this little, this little oar and you're being reminded of everything that's not familiar because this is all new. You've never done it before. And uh, he started teaching us a whole new voc vocabulary we needed to know instantly on command or else we could get in trouble on the river. So we had to learn terms like ahead, ahead. It means we are gonna paddle in unison forward, but we all have to do it or we're gonna spin or we're gonna get caught up on rocks. Um, dig, I remember hearing that often. 
dig, it means you're gonna stick your paddle deep in the water and you're gonna really go straight ahead as strong as you can. And, and sometimes he's gonna say left ahead, which means just the left side, or right ahead, which means just the right side. Or he would say all left or all right, which means jump over to the other side because something's gonna hit this side and you don't wanna die. <laughs> so it's like all these commands and, and nobody could forget lean in, which I'll talk about in a few, but I, I mean, there were so many terms and we had to be all in with these terms. We had to understand these terms and be together in one mind or we were going to get in danger. When we got our paddles and we jumped in the boat, um, that, that it was our time to practice. I remember our guide telling us that the way that we could stay most secure in the boat is where where kind of the center of the raft and the side of the raft meet there's a little there's a little space there and you're supposed to lock your feet in and sit on the edge of the boat and and um I locked my feet in so tight by the time we got down the Clackamas and got to our, our point of extraction. I couldn't walk. I mean to tell you, I was, I was in shape back then too. And I was just like, my knees hurt, my everything hurt. I could not move because I was locked so tight. Ain't nothing going to get me out of that boat because basically I didn't want to die. You know, that was what was in my mind. It was super awkward, but yet... Um, when he started sharing about the dangers of what could happen, that there's this one spot in the river that if you fall out, that he would tell us when we get there, but before we get there, but when you fall out in that spot, the swirl of the current would take you down and not up. And if you try to swim, you'll drown. You just gotta reach out until you feel uh, a ladder that's been embedded into the rock and you need to climb up the ladder towards the light so that you could get out of the water and breathe. Uh, I was terrified about that. I was so scared. And, you know, spoiler alert, I'll share in future weeks, we dumped the boat in that spot. And I'll tell you what happened. But anyway, um, it was insane. This trip was really more than I anticipated. I uh, didn't realize that like of the categories of white waters, uh, threes and fours is high and maybe we should have started lower but we had a lot of fun and made some memories that I'll never ever forget um, uh, I just I just think that there's some lessons I learned there and 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 there's some lessons that when I was praying about right now and specifically the season of of going into the fall and families that students are going to be at home and all that's coming at at us uh, communication wise and instruction wise and, and and it's like the image you know for this series like there's we're getting hit in the face and it's there's water in the boat and are we going down or are we going to make it what do we do and uh i think in the midst of even fear um we have the possibility to make it through this if we're all in. If we're in this mindset, I'm not turning back. Uh, there's no backing out of this. I'm going to do it. You know, that we're, we're going to do this together. I'm not going to go about life alone. This is the wrong time to, to go about ch massive changes in life that isolate you. And uh, I'm going to put my paddle in the water and I am going to go ahead. And I'm going to do it in unison with those that are around me, all in together ahead. 
I, I think we have some great things ahead. Isaiah 41.10 says this. Listen to these passages. These are awesome. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Isn't that good to know? When the water's coming at your face, I will hold you up. Psalm 48, 14 says, for this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end, which brings up our big idea today. Our big idea is we can move ahead with God as our guide, with God as our guide. There's nothing we will face that is a surprise for God. We can depend on him. He will never leave us or forsake us. We are not alone. We are all in together moving ahead. And I think that's something we need to rest on. Uh, it's actually a very intriguing study if you dive into it, how God has been and will always be our guide. See, I could never have gone down a river without a guide that could teach us the vocabulary so we could work in unison. I could never have done that with nobody in the boat had experience except the guide. And I was, I got peace in my spirit because that guide had been down the river successfully and not lost anybody's life like dozens and dozens of times. So you feel a little better about it, right? Well, God is our guide. As Christians, we believe in the triune God. Let me do a little Bible study for you. The Trinity, right? God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One, three distinctive parts, right? I like to say the Trinity is like the three-sided pretzel. You have three holes, one pretzel. That's God. God is, is unique, and, and we can see God at work as a guide throughout Scripture in this very way. God the Father, in Exodus 13, 21, he's guiding the Israelites in the Old Testament with a cloud by day and a fire by night. It says this in verse 21 of Exodus 13, the Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day, by night. He was their guide. He was like ahead, left, right, you know, and they wandered their way. They made their way out of slavery, being guided by God. We see Jesus guiding his disciples together on earth. And in fact, Jesus teaches about the guidance that would come after him through the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll, he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He'll tell you about the future. Now, we're not going to know what rapids are ahead, but guess what? You'll feel that check from the Holy Spirit that guides you as you are going deeper in your relationship and understanding of, of God and his character. When I go into uh, the raft, when I got into the raft on that river with a bunch of graduates that were in my responsibility with life ahead of them, all their life ahead of them, I felt the weight of responsibility like never before. Adventure turned into responsibility. And 
Uh, when that guide told me how many times he had been down the river safely, that weight lifted. I was still terrified for my life. <laughs> but that, that weight lifted because I knew he's got it. I'm not the one that has to get it here. I can lean on his guidance. Here's the first thought today. We all have to listen to the guide. We all have to listen to the guide. When the guide wanted to get us to say the safest current or around an obstacle that could be dangerous, he would shout the different commands he taught us before we ever started down the river. And we had to pay attention and we had to know it was his voice and not one of us screaming something random so that we could instantly do what he asked. Again, I mentioned that term dig, right? And he said that so many times. And it's weird because it was always when the rapids were getting worse, he would, he would say ahead, dig, keep digging, dig. And, and he would kind of give us a rhythm, dig, dig, dig. We were working our tails off. And um, sometimes we just had to dig on one side of the boat or had to dig on the other. Or even a couple times we had to go backwards to get out of a spin. And it didn't have to make sense to me. All I had to do was what he commanded. That's why Jesus told his disciples to teach people to obey everything he commanded. Sometimes we need to follow his commands and be obedient versus just questioning everything right before we take action. Uh, a read through John 10 would be incredible homework for today's talk. I'm not gonna read all of it, but I wanna give you some highlights because I see a parallel here when it comes to listening to the guide. Uh, he, Jesus really has confidence in us. And, and I just wanna, I wanna speak, I hope that this fills you with confidence, that you can hear Jesus, that you can hear the guide, you can hear the Holy Spirit, you can sense God's direction in, in your future and the confidence Jesus has in that. Listen to this, some of these passages in John 10, uh, 1, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who uh, sneaks over the wall of a, a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And he has, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they do not know his voice. It continues in verse 9. I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pasture. The thief's purpose is to still kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. It continues in verse 14. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own sheep. They know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Verse 27. I mean, he just goes for it in John 10. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them 
and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me. He is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. The father and I are one. Wow. Jesus has such confidence in our knowing his voice, in our being able to listen to him. That should fill us with confidence that we could lean in on Jesus. How critical is that, that we listen to our guide? Jesus is confident. And that confidence is when we're listening together because he says all the sheep follow him. He's not leaving any behind. There are more sheep and they will listen to my voice. So the reality is Jesus knows all his sheep are going to make it through whatever's ahead of us just fine. We, and so I think of that in the illustration of paddling. If we're all paddling in unison, we're going to make it through the rapids just fine. Man, if all we're doing is showing up for a couple minutes on Sunday and, and we're, we're not really clear on who this Jesus is, we might not recognize his voice. But if we lean in on, his, on our relationship with Jesus, if we choose to follow Jesus, and we choose to not only come together and worship, but we lean in and start to grow our faith in groups and relationship with one another, and we start to read our Bible daily and pray, we're going to know his voice. No, no issues. We're going to sense what is next and how we can follow him, which brings me to my next thought. Thought two, we all have to take action on what we hear. It's not enough just to hear the guide shout out a command. If we don't instantly take action, when we're on a category four rapid, we are in trouble. And when we're taking the time to hear the preaching of the word and dive in on our own to the scriptures daily, when we're praying and we're investing ourselves in knowing God's voice and obedience, realizing that's marked by action, it takes time for us to really clearly hear God's voice versus our own feelings and discern that out. Now we're gonna be able to, we're gonna be able to respond quickly to God's unction in our life and make a difference in the community around us. When the waters are roughest, <laughs> the commands start coming more frequently. You discover on the river. Our ears need to be even more in tune through all the noise of the rushing waters around us. Somehow we need to hear through the water hitting our face and our ears being filled up with water because it's when it's the craziest that we need to hone in on the voice of God. Um, it was interesting on the raft how he immediately held each other or we immediately held each other in accountability to techniques because if one side of the boat wasn't, wasn't going ahead when he said ahead and instead they were paddling backwards, we just went in a spin, you know, if, and we got in the wrong, maybe more dangerous location of the river. Uh, and we understood that our, our pain could be the result of just one person not listening to the immediate command of the guy. 
And often we would repeat what the guide would say. If he said all left, we would shout all left. If he said dig, we said dig, dig, dig. You know, so we're going down the river and we're shouting these things. And at one moment I remember like the boulders in front of us seemed dangerously on our target, right? I'm like nervous. I'm, I'm just seeing us, we're, we're crazy going over these white waters and there's just big rocks everywhere. And he said, lean in. And I'll never forget it because I did it. We all lean towards the center, which basically is designed so that the tube around us is going to absorb the punch when we hit the rock. And hopefully we're not on the edge of the, the uh, raft so that we'll get punched as well. Well, one person missed the lean in. We said, lean in, lean in. And for some reason, she said lean in, but she didn't. She stayed on the tube and sure enough, we went straight into a rock and so did she. It was like something out of a Wile E. Coyote cartoon and she was the coyote and she just does a face plant right against this rock. This girl modeled for Nordstrom's. I, I was like, when she, <laughs> she is out of the boat now in the rapids, right? Paddles going this way. She's trying to follow the instructions of keeping her feet down, but it's like you're getting slammed around these rocks and she's got blood coming out of her nose. I felt horrible, but we realized the power of lean in. In that moment and she really discovered the power of it and what happens if maybe we know the words but we don't do them and luckily she got back in the boat we got her all sorted she didn't make that mistake again and she was all good just a couple days later the water was cold enough it was like instant ice but as we shared last week man we must be the ones to spur one another on and sometimes even when we're spurring one another on, somebody might say the right things, but they're not taking the right actions and they're going to hit the rock. We didn't leave her in the water. We went after her. And that's right now a spirit, man. It's not enough for one person to guide and some people to hear. We need to repeat what we know about God's character and his guidance in our life. And we need to be looking out for each other. And we need to be seeing, is anybody in the water? Do we need to pick anybody up that just didn't lean in? And now it's time we lean into our faith. It's time that together we can go ahead if we're all in this together. Here's my action point for today. The challenge for you. Trust God to guide you. Don't go about this on your own. Trust God to guide you. Revelation 7:17 says the lamb for the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You know what? God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit who is our guide right now is alive and well. And we can choose to put our faith in Jesus. We can choose to follow Jesus and have that voice, that clear leadership that we can listen to and be guided. And together as one, held together by many cords, we can move forward 
We can move ahead because we have the life-giving one leading us, guiding us. We can trust God to guide each of us. I wanna pray for you to trust in him today. God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to gather together here online. And I thank you for the opportunity that you're giving us to lean in to our faith that we can hear the guide, that we can take action based on you being our guide and where you're sending us. And I can't wait to unfold this series and help us discover the ways which we can follow you as our guide, giving us the way through the most rapid situations of our life. When the boat feels like it's gonna sink and everything's coming at us, you're still faithful. You're still guiding. And I pray that God, we would have fresh decisions to follow you today, right now. That people would be making a decision to say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I need guidance. That Lord, we would reach outside the boat and bring some in who've lost their way. Maybe they're in the water and they're getting beat up by the rapids. God, may we rescue some. And may we all together as one move ahead. Because if we do, if we're all in together moving ahead, Nothing is impossible, and you will make our future clear. Thank you for giving us this encouragement today. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, church.